Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, there will be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Hello listeners, my name is Ify and it's such a wonderful privilege to bring the Word of God to you today. I want to thank you for tuning in and I want to say a big thank you to the set man of this ministry, Pastor Joe, for this opportunity. Um, I'll be sharing on a message I've entitled, God's Got You. And, you know, I've been meditating on Luke 12 and in Luke 12, we see Jesus teaching his disciples and the crowd that had assembled to hear him on different subject matters, which are very relevant for us in our day to day. And Jesus, amongst other lessons, warned them against hypocrisy, covetousness, and worry. We're not going to be looking at the whole chapter. My verses of emphasis is verses 22 to 31, where Jesus was essentially admonishing his disciples to live a worry-free life. You know, as we get into the festive season, for some of us, it's a time of absolute joy and great expectations. But for others, it might be a time that causes some anxiety and worry, maybe because of financial challenges, you know, not having enough to get gifts for for the ones you love. You know, a lot of us might experience loneliness as well, particularly around this holiday season. And memories of lost loved ones and even unpleasant events could trigger depression and extreme sadness. I hear your heart today crying out for help and I bring you some good news that God's got you. He's got your back and he's reaching out to you today to let you know that he's got you. You're not alone and you can trust him. You know, I'd like to quickly touch on a few things in Luke 12 before we get to my main text. And I'd like to start by reading verse 1 of Luke 12, you know, as I want to point out something that was highlighted to me when I read it. I'll be reading from the NIV and it says, Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on each other, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Note here that it says Jesus began to speak first to his disciples. It's so amazing to see that even though Jesus was surrounded by a crowd of people. He was not carried away by the crowd. You know, in our term today, we would say he was not carried away by the number of followers he had, you know, whether physical or social media followers. He was not carried away by the number of likes, you know, he had. His primary concern were his disciples. He never lost sight of his own in the midst of a countless multitude that surrounded him. You know, the crowd didn't distract him from his own. And you know, it's the same for us today. He never loses sight of us. He never loses sight of you. He never loses sight of me. We're never lost in the crowd. He loves us so fiercely and he's got our backs. And I pray that this knowledge will bring some encouragement to you that though you might feel lost in the crowd, you might feel like no one cares, but I bring you some good news. 
Abba Father cares and he's got his eyes on you. Just reach out and trust him. He never fails. You know, we all can learn from Jesus's example in the way we relate with our families and those who the Lord has put in our charge, you know, to keep them as priority because it's so easy to be carried away by the crowd. So to understand what led to some of the discourse in Luke 12, it's important we look at the previous chapter, chapter 11. So Jesus in the latter part of chapter 11 had called the Pharisees out on their hypocrisy which upset them and led to their fierce opposition of Jesus. So the disciples, of course, witnessed this opposition. And so you can imagine the agitations in their hearts. They had left everything to follow Jesus, only to witness their national leaders, that's the Pharisees and the scribes, reject Jesus. With this conflict in their hearts, Jesus in Luke 12 started teaching his disciples how to operate under conditions of rejections, which is very similar to what we face today. You know, Jesus in his characteristic care and concern was equipping them and equipping us today for life. Jesus was telling them, I can see the turmoil in your heart and I've got you. In verse 7, we see Jesus telling his disciples that the hair on their head are all numbered and that if God takes care of the sparrows, how much more will he take care of? of them and for us today. And we see him emphasizing his care for us in verses 22 to 31. So I encourage you to read from verses 1 to 12 when you can and be equipped on how to handle rejection. So moving on to verse 13, I'll summarize um, from verses 13 to 21, which has a direct link to my main text. So here from verse 13, we see Jesus about to address the crowd in response to a request made by someone in the crowd. And just as a side note here, you know, I'm simply amazed by the crowd of people, you know, who had gathered to hear Jesus. You know, some of them were trampled, as we were told. I mean, it must have been a very uncomfortable setting, yet they stayed to hear Jesus. You know, but my prayer for us is that we will be the ones who will stay and linger to hear Jesus, to seek his face, regardless of the circumstances or the challenges we face. In Jesus' name, amen. So this man from the crowd in verse 13 requested Jesus to divide their family's inheritance. And Jesus in response said that our life is not defined by what we have. And he warned the crowd against um, covetousness. So Jesus told them the parable of the rich fool whose crops yielded so much. And his solution was to get more storage for his wealth. And Jesus was warning in this parable that those who use their resources for themselves, just like, you know, for themselves alone, just like the rich man are not wise. And we can see Jesus' answer to covetousness in verse 33, which is generosity. We are blessed to be a blessing and not just to amass wealth for ourselves. So this parable is what led to Jesus' charge to his disciples from verse 22, which is the beginning of my main text. So I'll be reading from the King James Version from verses 22 to 31. And it says, And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say to you, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If you then be not able to do that one thing which is least, why take ye thought? for the rest. Consider the ladies how they grow. They tall not, they spin not, and yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be of 
of doubtful mind, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you have need of those things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. So remember, as I mentioned earlier, the disciples had left everything to follow Jesus. So they were probably tempted, you know, to worry that they had because they had little. So this was unlike the rich man who worried about his great wealth. And so for some of us today, it's possible that this festive season evokes, you know, thoughts of fear, worry, anxiety, depression. But I'm here to remind you that God's got your back. Verse 22 says, therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you will eat or wear. You know, the Greek word Merim now, which was translated, take no thought, means to be anxious about. So he's telling us, don't be anxious or worried about the necessities of life. I've got you. You know, the English word worry comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word that means to strangle. Worry strangles in that it does not allow us to see and freely access all that Jesus died and paid for with his blood. You know, our healing, our provision, you know, whatever it is you're believing for. Worry chokes the word of God because our mind are filled with what is not happening with the problems instead of the solutions. So when we worry, we assume a responsibility that God did not intend for us to have. He says to cast those cares on him and leave them at his feet. I assure you, he can handle them. This same teaching was captured in Matthew 6 from verse 25 to 33. And in verse 31, it tells us how we can take a thought. But this wasn't captured in Luke. So in verse 31, it says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat and drink? were. So the way you take a thought is by speaking it. There is a saying that, no, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep the bird from building a nest on your head. You know, in the world we're living, anxious thoughts will come, negative thoughts will come, thoughts of doubt and discouragement will come. And the way to make them our thought is by speaking them, by giving voice to those fears. I want to encourage you today not to take the bait. The temptation, you know, the temptation to worry, it is pointless to worry. Jesus in verse 25 shows us that our worrying cannot add a single hour to our lives. Worry is fruitless. God's got you and you can trust him. So what do we do with those anxious thoughts? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, I'll be paraphrasing from the Passion Translation, it says to capture like prisoners of war every thought, you know, those faulty patterns of thought that are not in line with the word of God you know, and make it bow in obedience to Christ. Our mind is a battlefield in which thoughts contrary to God's word are captured and submitted to Christ. So what does the word say about that situation, about that challenge? Fill your mind with the word and fight a good fight of faith. Lay hold on the promises. They have been paid for that by the precious blood of Jesus. So how do we win the war over worry? I I have two points here. The first point is by pausing and stopping to remember his faithfulness in our lives. You know, Jesus, to drive on his point in his church to his disciples not to worry, drew their attention to the birds and the flowers, like we saw in verses 24 to 28. He says to consider the ravens, and he says to consider the lilies. You know, the word consider is a Greek word, katanoe, which means to behold, to discover fully. You know, when Jesus says the flowers don't, you know, don't spill or don't, and they don't toil, toil is a Greek word, 
hopea means and it means to feel fatigue you know to labor to be wearied you know toiling is actually the system of the world where you work incessantly you work extremely hard laboring to feed but in God's economy we work and not toil you know God gives the increase and blesses the work of our hands and we just need to trust him with our lives and you know in our fast-paced world today Jesus is asking us to consider to slow down to look around you observe how carefree his creation are because he takes care of them and in the same way look around us and consider and remember his goodness to us his past miracles remember when he healed when he provided when he protected when he delivered just take a moment and reflect on his goodness and thank him you know a grateful heart is a magnet for miracles so we've seen that for us to win the war over world we need to pause to remember his goodness pausing to remember his faithfulness brings lots of reassurance to us of his even infinite care and the fact that he's got us and if he did it in the past he can and will do it again because he's faithful and as we praise him we attract more miracles into our lives so secondly to win the war over worry it's important we seek his kingdom as Jesus instructed in verse 31 which deals with our focus in Matthew 6:33 it says the same thing but about seeking God's kingdom but it puts in the word first it says but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things you know will be supplied to us all the things we need so the word first indicates that we still have to put some attention into meeting our needs we still need to work but our needs should not be the, you know, should not be dominant in our thoughts and we can see Jesus redirecting the focus the attention of his disciples to the one thing which is the main thing the king and his kingdom so as he receives our focus as Jesus receives our attention we're able to see his heart in the challenges we face and then partner with him to access the solutions the answers to the challenges you know fill your mind with the word the faithful one does not fail so are you worrying today if you are you're focusing on the wrong thing. Keep your focus on the King and the Kingdom and on His promises. And I pray for the grace for you to do that today. Remember, He's got you and you can trust Him. Cast those cares on Him. He is well able to take care of them when you leave them in His hands. Until next time, bye for now. You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries Red Deer. If you'd like more information, you can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org or through our website at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587-377-7745. Thank you. Bye for now.